I also want to wish you a good morning, and uh, as has already been stated, this is a very unique time for us to come together in this way. In many ways, this is uncharted territory that we gather as a church in, in uh, this way, online, as with a recorded service. But I just want to emphasize, while this is not ideal in any shape or form, it is important for us to continue to do the things that God has called us to do, to build us up in our faith. And so we, we want to continue to place an emphasis on worship, on the preaching of God's word, on prayer, on gathering together. And so during this time, uh, we're going to seek to do that to the best of our ability in this uncharted territory. When I was in elementary school, I learned about Lewis and Clark and their expedition, their uh, adventures exploring the newly acquired Louisiana Purchase, the land west of the Mississippi. Uh, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark were commissioned by President Thomas Jefferson to explore the millions of acres that they had just purchased for virtually nothing and they knew nothing about. And so as Lewis and Clark set out, they expected to find terrain and animals and things that they were familiar with, just like, were, uh, just like they had seen and experienced in the eastern states. But what they found in this new territory was in many ways far different than what they had experienced so far. And in many ways, it was quite unexpected, but beautiful. They experienced things that were far greater and better than they could have ever envisioned. Along their way, they faced many hardships. They almost lost their lives in harsh winters and the steep terrain of the mountains and influenza set in that, that they contracted and, and became very sick. But as they explored, they discovered new and wonderful things that they could have never anticipated. They crossed the mighty Mississippi River and saw the great plains of the Midwest with herds of buffalo. They climbed the Rocky Mountains and made it all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And so many beautiful things that they began to see and to experience in uncharted territory. Now we live in a, in a time of, that is uncharted. This is a time where we have many concerns about a, a virus that's spreading, the coronavirus. It's affected all kinds of areas of our lives. Kids won't be going to school for the next few weeks. The financial markets are, uh, are in a tailspin. People won't, don't know if they'll have steady work in the next few weeks. And, and in many ways, we don't know what to expect. But there is something in me that makes me wonder if what God has for us are vistas to behold that we could have never imagined. That's my hope and, that, and that's my prayer. In fact, I have confidence for us that even in these turbulent times, in this uncharted territory, that God is going to bless us in ways that we could not have anticipated. That, sometime, that somehow, over the course of the next weeks and months and years, God's going to use this in his sovereign plan in ways that we have no idea about now 
to bless our lives, to bless our families, to bless our church and our communities and our nation and even the world, that somehow God is going to use this for his glory. But right now, we're full of questions and fears. What will happen if I or someone that I love gets sick with the coronavirus? How many people will die from this disease? How long will this last? How many people will contract the disease before a cure is found? And we have these questions and these fears. There's economic concerns as well. Will I be laid off? Will my business make it through this time? How far will the stock market fall? Will my retirement savings be depleted? Will I be financially okay? So many unanswered questions. So many concerns. This is uncharted territory. Now, when Lewis and Clark made their journey into the Wild West, they met several Native American tribes, and many of them offered them assistance along the way. Many of them uh, gave them food or guidance for their journey, and some of them even traveled with them for great distances to get them through various areas of, the, uh, of this new, newly acquired land. And so in these uncharted times, we have some guides as well. We've been listening to public health officials and government leaders, and they have a lot of wisdom to offer us. But this morning, I want us to remind us that more than anything, we trust in the Lord, that he is ultimately our guide. Jesus said in John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he will, and I quote, he will guide you into all truth. And so we trust in God above all else. And then, and then I was so encouraged with the verse that Pastor Darren shared at the beginning of this service. Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in healthcare officials and, and doctors and politicians and, and all of those, and, and hopefully all of those sources are good and helpful sources, but ultimately we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now, if I wasn't preaching to an empty sanctuary, I would expect some amens on that one. Because that is ultimately where our trust is. And so my question for you this morning is, are you trusting in God? As we uh, have this time together, one of the few advantages that we have of having a service in this format is that you can take a minute and pause this sermon. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to do that. Maybe you're gathered around watching this with your family right now, and that'd be a wonderful thing. And you might just pause it for a few minutes and talk about what it means to trust God during this time. Maybe you're alone and you're watching this, and I would encourage you, take two, three, four, or five minutes, however long you want, to spend a moment in prayer and to, uh, to turn to the Lord and to express to him how you are trusting him during this difficult time. How you long for him to draw near to you. 
And so I'll encourage you now, just take a minute, pause the video, spend a moment talking with your, your family or praying on your own. And then when you're ready to join me back again, I have an exciting story from God's word and I'd love to spend a minute and pray for us as well. So take a moment, take a moment to talk to the Lord about trusting in him. Father God, we gather this morning in this unique way, and it's a, it's a, kind of an undisturbing, it's, a, it's kind of a disturbing time. And uh, we have a lot of questions and fears around us, but God, as we gather together, even as we gather together as a church in this format, we come before you and we want to express our trust in you. We want to thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in the hearts of everyone who has placed their faith in you. And we pray, God, that you would help us to continue to lean into you and to look to you. God, help us to not be overcome by the worries that are all around us and the fears that may reside in our hearts. But God, help us to trust in you. And so, God, even as we look at your word now for the next few minutes, I pray that you would come and speak to us wherever we are at, in our home office or in our living room or gathered uh, with family or even all by ourselves. We pray that we would be bound together by the Holy Spirit that lives in us and by the word of God that we look to now. And so we pray for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. At one point during the uh, times in which the Old Testament was, was written, the people of God, the Israelites, were deeply distressed because they were going through a state of national emergency. They were under attack by the Assyrians and they were uh, vulnerable to forces outside of their control. And just out of curiosity, as I was beginning to look at this passage that we're going to look at in Isaiah chapter 6, I, I, I tried to find, was there any sort of illness or disease that was spreading through the land? And sure enough, the king himself had contracted leprosy. And as bad as things were, they took, an, uh, they took their worst turn yet when the king, a godly and powerful king, King Uzziah, died suddenly and unexpectedly. Suddenly, everyone was shaken to their core. And Isaiah, the prophet during that time, turned to God and began to pray, asking him what all of this meant. How could God let this happen to his people? How could they be facing what felt like the collapse of their nation when God was supposed to protect Israel? And as he was praying, he got a vision of heaven. It was, actually, uh, it was actually of heaven itself, and he records this vision in Isaiah 6, and I want to read verses 1 through 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, which were angels, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, and the whole earth is full of his glory. The sermon today has two simple points. And the first is that God is still on his throne. 
When Isaiah got a vision of heaven, uh, the angels were gathered around God as he sat on his throne and they were proclaiming his praises, declaring how holy he was. As Isaiah looked around at the nation and uh, all that was happening around him, it was, he was surely wondering what in the world is going on. But when he looks into heaven, the angels don't seem to be distressed. God doesn't seem to be at his wits end. No, God is sitting on the throne and the angels are all around praising him. God is fully in control, not only during the turmoil of Isaiah's day, but surely in the turmoil that we may be experiencing today as well. You know, unfortunately, we're not able to gather all together in our sanctuary as we normally would. And we hear bad news left and right. It doesn't seem uh, like anything is going right. People are stocking up on toilet paper to last them a year. They're buying Purell and five-gallon drums. I mean, it seems like it's nuts. People are lining up at Costco for hundreds of yards just to get in and, and fill their carts with stuff that who knows if they'll ever need. And we're all wondering what is coming up? What is happening? But if we could just get a vision of heaven, you know what we would see? We'd see what Isaiah saw. God sitting on the throne. God fully in control. God holy and full of glory and full of mighty and full of might and power. And we'd hear the angels singing his praises today just as they have uh, throughout all the ages. And we'd be able to understand that God is in control. And if we are a child of his, we have nothing to fear. God is still on his throne. And so if you are a child of God, take comfort in that. Rest in that. And in fact, if you're not a child of God, if you're not sure that you're saved, here's another opportunity for you just to maybe pause the video and to pray to the Lord and to ask Jesus to come into your life and to be in charge of your life, to be in control. When we speak of God's control, we sometimes refer to this as his sovereignty. God's sovereignty teaches us that nothing will happen outside of God's perfect plan. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon says, when you go through a trial, God's sovereignty is the pillow upon which you lay your head. And so this morning we turn to God as our sovereign Lord. We trust in him, we rest in him, we lay our head upon the pillow that God is going to watch over us and care for us. And no matter what is going on in this world, whether it be during times of comfort and ease or during a time in which there is a pandemic, an epidemic in which people are questioning what is going on, we can rest assured that God is still on the throne. And people are going to ask all kinds of questions and unfortunately we, we don't have all the answers, but we can know for sure that God is still holy and God still loves us. And everything that he does is for our good and is right. And so that's point number one. Simply a two-point sermon this morning. Point number one is that God is still on his throne. Point number two is that God is with us. In Isaiah 6, it says that the train of God's robe was so large that it filled the temple. In other words, God's glory was everywhere on heaven, in heaven. And then as the angels begin to uh, sing, they sing about how the whole 
whole earth is full of God's glory. In other words, God is everywhere in heaven and on earth. And we can rest assured that he is with us now. God has not abandoned us. He's not pulled his glory from us. But we can still rest in his care because he is with us. If we have trusted in God, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And we can call on him in our time of need. And God assures us that when we call upon him, he will draw near to us. When Jesus came to this earth, he referred to the presence of God as the kingdom of God. He was always talking about the, the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God had drawn near. Matthew, one of his followers, record, talks, records Jesus' teachings in life in his gospel called Matthew, or very appropriately so, and he records the teaching of Jesus, and he refers to Jesus' uh, Jesus's kingdom as the kingdom of the heavens. In fact, if you were to read your Bible, it probably translates it the kingdom of heaven, but it really should be translated the kingdom of the heavens. It's almost always in the plural. That's because in ancient Jewish thought, uh, there were three levels of heaven. In fact, it's the same in Greek, uh, Greek philosophy, that there was the highest heaven, the throne room of God that Isaiah describes here in this passage. And then there was the second heaven, which was the stars in the sky, where the psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of your hands. But then there was a lower heaven, a first heaven, and that was the atmosphere that was all around us. And so when Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of the heavens is near or is at hand, what he is saying is he is saying that in his coming to earth, he is bringing the highest heaven the throne room of God, God himself, into our presence here in this midst, in, the, in this atmosphere. And so we are called to draw near to God because God still sits on the throne and he is near to us. He has brought his presence, his power right here into our midst Jesus taught his followers to pray. Our Father, the one in the heavens, our Father, the one who reigns not only in the throne, but right here, right around us, hallowed be your name. In other words, to proclaim the holiness of God, just as the angels themselves did. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what's being done in heaven right now? The same things that Isaiah saw in his vision. God is seated on the throne. He's receiving praise from the angels and those that gather around him. And he is full of glory. May that be true in our day, in this time, in this community, within your family and within your life. May that be true of us as well, that God's kingdom and will is done in our lives just as it is in heaven, that we would offer him praise, that we would trust in him, that we would look to him as a God who is holy and sovereign, that we would turn to him and proclaim who he is to spread that passion to others. May we pray, as God taught us to pray, our Father, the one in the heavens.
May your name be proclaimed as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May God be glorified through all of this. May God, you use us during this difficult time to spread who you are. May, your, may a passion for you spread through our lives and our church and into the community and into the world. Lewis and Clark uh, faced a lot of hardships as they canoed through uncharted territories, but they were amazed at the new areas in which they were exploring. Meriwether Clark wrote in his journal, as we passed, it seemed like those, it seemed like those scenes of visionary enchantment would never end. And William Clark said at the end of the long and arduous journey, oh, the, uh, the view of the ocean, oh, the joy. And we're traveling through uncharted territories. But God is in control and God is near. He's still with us. And as hard as it may seem right now, somehow, rest assured in this, and I don't know how, but somehow, God will use all of this to give us vistas of things that we could not imagine right now. Right now it's scary and right now it's hard, but we trust in him. And we have, uh, and may we always have in mind that God knows what is best for us. Thinking of Lewis and Clark canoeing through uncharted territories, I thought of a funny story that I had when I was canoeing as a young adult. And I thought with all the heaviness that's going on right now, let me close with a humorous story. Uh, when I was uh, younger, like early 20s, I suppose, I was working at a Christian camp and we would do all kinds of fun activities. We'd go hiking through the woods, swimming in the lake and canoeing down the river. And uh, one afternoon we were canoeing down the river and uh, it had just rained a few days ago and so the water the current was very strong and I was sitting in the back of the canoe uh, because I could steer it better back there and one of the campers who was a few years younger than me was sitting in the front of the canoe and uh, as we're going down this uh, down the river there would be points where it would become like rapids the, the rocks were up and it, these were the only times that really took a little bit of effort to steer through these were the difficult parts of the journey. And so we were approaching some rapids and the, and the camper that was sitting in the front of the canoe stood up. And I began to yell at him, what are you doing? Sit down, you're going to fall out of the canoe. And he said, I'm going to jump out of the canoe. I said, sit down, you're an idiot. You're going to get hurt if you try to get through these rapids without being in the canoe. And so finally he sat down and we got through it okay and everybody was safe and sound. But it, but, it, but it challenges us that as we approach these rapids, as, actually as we're going through the rapids, may you not jump out of the boat. May you stay right where it is most safe, resting in God's love and in his care. May you stay right there in his sovereignty, trusting in him, knowing that he has what is best in mind for you. The verse that I've kind of relied upon during these last couple of weeks has been Psalm 52.1. And it says, Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. May we take refuge in the 
shadow of God's care. May we take refuge in God's sovereignty and his presence with us until the disaster has passed. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that even though this is an odd way of doing it, we have been able to gather this morning. And I pray that with the instructions from your word and with the family that is around us or the friends that we hope to be able to call and stay in contact with, that somehow you would keep us really steady and firmly planted in your love. And so, God, we just lift up this, uh, th these up this week and these upcoming weeks to you and pray that you would help us to continue to look to you and to turn to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.